And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. And although I'm not the engineer, I do have the smooth transitions. My name is Selena Hill. You're the engineer Hill. today. I'm, well, today, I'm not the official engineer. Stanley Fritz is not here, but we're holding it down for him right here at WHCR. We have Alyssa Fuchs in the studio. We have special guest commentator Chad R. McDonald. And, we call, of course, we have Monty, our favorite Intern. So, after months and months of speculation of who Hillary Clinton is going to pick on the Democratic ticket, you know, way back then people were like, oh, maybe it'll be Elizabeth Warren. There was some theory that she might even put Bernie Sanders. Then you had people saying, maybe it'll be Cory Booker, maybe it'll be Julian Castro. You know, it was just so much speculation. Finally, she came out. Last Friday, around like 8 p.m., which I thought was kind of an odd time. I'm like, is this like under the radar? But I think she was uh, sort of avoiding the Munich shooting. News. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. she did hold off because of the Munich shooting. Thank you. And, and good note on that. Um, so she picked Tim Kaine. And it turns out that is who will be running uh, on the Democratic. Democratic ticket with Hillary Clinton. Now, we're going to spend some time going over exactly who Tim Kaine is, his background, his voting record. Um, You know, he is a U.S. senator from Virginia. He's also pretty similar to Hillary Clinton in a lot of ways. He's pragmatic, almost centrist when when you think about, you know, where he falls on that scale of being a Democrat or the left wing. Um, He's almost like I would say, like, lacks a little, like, charisma. He's not, like, an in-your-face. He's boring. I didn't want to use that word. No, he is, and (laughs) that's what Hillary likes about him. Right, like, he's, I guess he almost avoids, like, scandal. She won't have to worry too much about that, even though he did uh, take, I think, about $160,000 worth of gifts um, in Virginia. But he reported that. Yes, it was disclosed. It was fully disclosed. But other than that, he's, like, a boring, really nice guy that I would just love to, like, wake up early in the morning with and, like, have some tea or coffee. Like, that's how I think of Tim Kaine. And, but the thing is, yeah, he's boring, but a lot of people are up in arms. Now, Stanley, who is not here, I'm hearing is very upset about it. But I think that Stanley, you know, he represents a a core of the Democratic Party who were very much Bernie Sanders supporters. Some of them either Bernie or bust, and they were saying, you know what? We already don't like you, Hillary Clinton. Can you at least do us a favor and pick someone who would, um... I guess, be more relatable when it comes to how our ideals, our progressive beliefs, you know, our liberalism and what we think, where we think the country should go. And she was just like, no, you're going to vote for me anyway. Here's Tim Kaine. Um, So we have a lot to talk about. I know Chad is like earnestly waiting to jump into this conversation. But yes, go ahead. Well, um, yeah, Tim Kaine wasn't... uh wasn't an expected pick by a lot of people. And I think a lot of people were expecting Elizabeth Warren right. or even Bernie Sanders himself. Uh, Hillary went with Tim Kaine for a lot of reasons. Um, mostly, most of what we've talked about already, yeah, he's boring, but he's also greatly admired in the political circles by both sides of the aisle. Uh, he is scandal-free um, and is generally regarded very well for his integrity. So he's a good offset to the character assassination that Hillary's <laughs> been put under for the past 25 years. The other thing is that Hillary has had a, a not-so-secret weapon throughout this entire campaign, which has really been a big strength of hers, and that's been the gun violence prevention community. Moms Demand Action, um, the uh, the Brady Coalition, all of those pe- all of those organizations have been open throated supporters of Hillary Clinton, and Tim Kaine 
is also someone that they've supported. Tim Kaine, when the Virginia Tech shooting happened, he was governor of that state. And he's a gun owner. And he's a gun owner, and he took that personally. And when the NRA decided to resist him, he went after them, and he's beaten them time and time and time again. This election has turned into a cartoon supervillain with an evil army of the NRA against Hillary Clinton. So why wouldn't she then go out and get someone who has a track record of taking down the NRA right in their backyard uh, and who has such a sterling reputation of, uh, of, of honesty and integrity and who speaks Spanish, who speaks Spanish fluently. So on the one side you've got Mexicans are rapists and drug lords and killers and on the other you have someone who actually is speaking to uh, the Hispanic population of America. So it really does make a lot of sense. Well, Tim- I'll, I'll say this. Chad, you make a really good argument for Tim Kaine. If you are listening and you are against it, call us up at 212-650-6903. You can also tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio because we want to hear that perspective too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what? I, I want to I talk about who Tim, who Tim Kaine is and some things that you need to know about. Before I get there, though, I want to address something about this throwing a bone to the, le- to the progressive wing of the party, which is this. And I said it yesterday, which is there is, you know— two theories on this, which is basically dependent on whether or not these people were going to vote for her anyway, right? So if you believe that some people who had previously said, we're not going to vote for Hillary, were potentially going to change their mind if she picked somebody like Warren or Bernie Sanders himself, then she might have done so. However, so many of these people Mm -hmm. have literally said... I am never going to vote for Hillary. It doesn't matter if she picks Bernie Sanders. And maybe they were just saying that. And maybe they would have. But they said, it doesn't matter if she picks Bernie Sanders. It doesn't matter if she picks Hillary Warren. Sorry, uh, Hillary Warren. It doesn't matter if she picks Elizabeth Warren. I'm still not going to. Or it doesn't matter if she picks another progressive like Sherrod Brown. I'm still not going to vote for her. As evidenced by the backlash against Warren and Sanders after they made their endorsements. So as far as I'm concerned, why try to appease voters who have made it clear they're not going to support her under any circumstances? And they're going to attack their own hero. In in fact, in my opinion, it makes more sense uh, to pick somebody who's a little bit more moderate, who still has a very liberal track record when it comes to policy ideas, because by doing this, you are now, you know, pulling people from the never-Trump side of the Republican Party Mm -hmm. and independents that consider themselves to be moderates or middle of the road. So, you know, my question actually is, for people who are Bernie and Buss, like, be intellectually honest. Even if she picked Warren or Sanders, were you going to vote for her? And if the answer is no, then shut up. Yeah. You know, (laughs) because if the answer is yes, you know, I considered if she would have picked a liberal that I might have voted for her and now I'm not going to. I want to hear your opinion. But if your answer is I was never going to vote for her, even if she picked Bernie Sanders, then I really and I'm sorry. I just like keep your opinion. I'm not saying don't have an opinion. Everybody's entitled to have an opinion, but keep it to yourself. It's, because why should we be throwing you a bone if you were never going to come out and vote exactly. for her to begin with? It seems disingenuous. I had it a, is disingenuous. I had a colleague, it doesn't seem disingenuous. I, I, had a, I had a colleague tell me exactly that. Progressives need to be thrown a bone here. And I'm like, you're a writer that has for the last year been savaging Clinton. Like, over and over and over again. And you yourself attacked Warren once she once she endorsed Clinton and you did the same again to Sanders the, the person that you're supposed to be emulating that you're now going against what he's directly telling you to do and now you're saying I need to be thrown a bone never mind the fact that 
It's not just going to be a bone. Like I said before, it's going to be a place at the table. Sanders' ideas are good. He's going to end up getting a high-ranking position in the cabinet out of this. And what he represents will be in the platform going forward. So at this point, it can only be just, I hate Hillary. I'm not going to vote for her. And that's it. And if that's the case, then, yeah, as Alyssa said, have your opinion. But you can't expect it to be respected that much. Agreed. And guys, again, if you want to call in to let your voice be heard, the number is 212-650-6903. Yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about Tim Kaine, because, of course, that is the title of this segment of Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio, which is Who is Tim Kaine? So let me tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Before he got into politics, he spent time working with missionaries in Honduras. He started his career in public service. He took a year off from Harvard Law School to actually run a technical school that was founded by Jesuit missionaries in Honduras. Uh, He described this time in Honduras as, uh, you know, and uh, being very important to him as part of his religion. That's why he speaks Spanish. Um, He started off as a lawyer who was a civil rights lawyer, just like I am, although he didn't deal with policing issues like I do. He fought against housing discrimination. For 17 years, he represented people denied housing due to their race or because they had a disability. Um, He actually also started the Virginia Coalition to End Homelessness uh, while he was also... um, doing this work and he brought a suit against another financial institution for shutting homeowners out because they were people of color, which is a practice known as redlining, which we have talked about on this show. He championed early childhood and higher education uh, by funding public schools in Virginia. He passed the largest bond package for higher education construction in Virginia. He advocated and expanded pre-kindergarten access. As Chad mentioned, and Chad can speak about more, he helped close critical loopholes to prevent gun violence after the Virginia Tech shooting in 2007. Under his watch, Virginia was rated the best state for business and for raising children, um, of course, while he was governor. He is, even though he is personally um, pro-life, he he has a 100% rating from Planned Parenthood. He is super pro-choice, even though he is personally against abortion. He has uh, fought efforts in his state to restrict women's access to birth control. He has spoke out against legislation that would let a woman's employer dictate the terms of of her reproductive health. Um, He's obviously in favor of the Affordable Care Act, and he has just introduced legislation that would provide women access to FDA-approved birth control that they could buy over-the-counter. He's advocated for LGBT rights. He's advocated and worked to restore voting to, sorry, restore voting rights after the gutting of the VRA last year. And yes, he has advocated for deregulation of regional banks, but the reason he has done that is because he wants them to be able to compete with the big, large banks. So a lot of people have said that he's in the pocket of Wall Street, but regional means small. He's pro-small business. And in addition, he's apparently just come out like Hillary saying that he can't support the TPP the way it is currently written, even though he personally did support it in the past. So that's giving you the major things that you really need to know about Tim Kaine. No, thanks so much for breaking that down, Alyssa. And he does have a strong background in civil rights. As Alyssa mentioned, he is extremely well qualified, just like Hillary Clinton. But the thing that really, you know, sticks out to me is the fact that him as a Christian being pro-life, 
he shows that you can be pro-life and also pro-women's reproductive health, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to, it's not one or the other, just like I am. Like, so he and his wife, I guess, would, you know, would choose not to have abortion, which is perfectly fine. That's okay, but he's not trying to, you know, avidly stop other women from having abortions or criminalizing them, which is just absurd. Again, abortion is a, is a right, is a constitutional right that we have here, and to try to set us back to make America great again is ludicrous. And I, you know, I just wanted to ask, wasn't he also a mayor and a governor? Uh, yeah, I believe so. He's right, been like both a mayor, he's <laughs> been a governor, and he's been a senator, and right. he's supremely qualified. Right. And you know, like, and also even just going back to the thing we were talking about at the beginning, like he's liberal. Yes. You know, like yes, he's a moderate. There's but nothing. Like, but there's he's no- still very, like, not very. He's liberal. There's nothing that he stands for that a progressive cannot get behind. And also, uh, importantly enough, like like the swing state advantage, right? So that's a big thing, which is – so I was actually looking at the Electoral College, and the way the map is right now, if you look at the Electoral College, Democrats have an advantage in the Electoral mm-hmm. College. It's what's known as the blue wall. Essentially – a lot of states go red, but they're states that have lower populations, so they have less electoral college votes. So mm-hmm. you can win a lot of red states, but that's not going to get you a lot of electoral college votes. Look at a state like New York that pretty much always goes blue, and the reason is we have a large population here. So, And you look at a state like California, so you, you can win a lot of states, and you can win a lot of red states, but if the population is low, you're not going to get a lot, a lot of electoral college votes, whereas New York, you're going to get a lot of electoral go- votes, and same thing with California. So if you look Look at states we know always are going to go blue. You know, those are a lock for Hillary already. They already put her at an advantage. Now you look at right now, the latest poll that came out, which is an NBC Marist poll, shows that she's ahead seven points in Florida. Seven, the margin of error is four points. So she's beating the margin of error by three points in Florida. And if she wins Virginia, which is Tim Kaine's state, which almost Tim Kaine is like a guarantee that she's now probably going to win Virginia, and she wins Colorado, where she's also beating the margin of error there, then she could actually lose Pennsylvania. She could lose Ohio, and she could lose. North Carolina, and she will still beat Donald Trump 282 electoral college votes. So uh, to me, this is like on top of him having great policies, it's also a great electoral college strategy because it's basically saying, if I can win Florida and I can win Virginia and I can win Colorado, then you know what? If I lose Ohio, that's okay. I can still win the election. Strategically, it's an incredibly important move. Uh, The the last midterms, the Democrats had a lot of seats that they had to defend in the midst of extreme Republican rage and low voter turnout, which almost means, always, always means conservative victory. Uh, this time around, we have a presidential election, which people show up for, and uh, now the Democrats are going to be defending exactly one seat, and Republicans were, are going to be uh, defending somewhere in the line of 24, 25, and these are Senate seats. So um, even before Donald Trump came along and made everybody insanely angry at him, the Republicans were already in trouble. Right. Well, well, you know, you guys make, you know, a great argument. It's extremely strategic. It works out in Hillary's uh, favor. Again, this is politics. She's going to do what she needs to do so that she can win at the end of the day. But it's like, is, you know, is the far left wing's outrage justified? Like, I mean, tell me, understand, like, what is their, their counter to counter arguments? I mean, I, like, is it justified? In some ways, some of it might be, because, you know, he, like I said, he did support the, the TPP, but the TPP was President Obama's plan. Here's the thing. I love President Obama. I don't 
like the TPP. You know, listen, I have personal, but I don't think that alone makes Tim Kaine a bad policy choice. But what they're seeing it as, and especially with this new dump of emails from the DNC, which we I know right, yes. like we might have to take a quick break, and yeah. but we can talk about when we come back. Um, they're saying like. Basically, their position is, like, not only is it rigged, but, like, then she chooses somebody who couldn't be further away from Bernie Sanders. Now, I disagree with that. I I think they're wrong on that because I think they're wrong on how far Bernie Sanders is away from Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. But we can talk about that a lot more when we come back from Oh, yeah. We definitely need to talk more in depth about that. Don't go anywhere. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. She never compromises. Loves babies and surprises Wears high heels when she exercises Ain't that beautiful Meet Virginia Well, she wants to be the queen And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem. You are hearing the voice of Selena Hill. Alyssa Fuchs and Chad R. McDonald. And the song you were just hearing is Meet Virginia by Train. Old song, but good song. And we're playing Meet Virginia because Tim Kaine is from Virginia. Right. And we're speaking about Tim Kaine. Again, Tim Kaine is the person that Hillary Clinton has chosen to run on the Democratic ticket with us. So that means if Hillary Clinton is elected, and I personally believe she will be, Tim Kaine will be our vice president. But you know what? You know, even though there's been like a lot of upset from, you know, the Bernie or bus crowd or just Bernie supporters or those on the far left. About Tim Kaine, I think that, you know, Hillary Clinton almost even took a page from Bill Clinton's book. I mean, if you think about when Bill Clinton chose Al Gore from, uh, you, you know, to run on his ticket, Al Gore was pretty, like, boring, very, very safe, very strategic. So, I mean, it only it only makes sense. I mean, personally, I would have loved her to pick Elizabeth Warren or Michelle Obama or, or you know, someone like that. But I think that that was, like, almost, like, fantasy thinking. And I didn't really expect that. But I guess people on the far left were like, no, you better do this. And it's like, you know, that leaves us to say, well, are they going to come out and vote? Because they're even more upset with Hillary. Do you think they're going to stay home? Well, I mean, it raises an interesting question, which is, were they ever going to come out to vote to begin (laughs) with? Because if they weren't, and now they're not, then there's nothing lost. And, you know, if if you were an independent and you joined the Democratic Party to vote in the primary for Bernie... But you never intended to vote for Hillary no matter what, Um, you know, and basically you were like, I'm going to go back to being independent after the primary and, you know, I'm going to vote for Jill Stein. Then you're not really a lost vote because, you know, nothing lost, nothing gained. Right. You were never there to begin with. The the better question is, are there going to be Democrats, literally registered Democrats that decide to stay home? And there's been polling done on this. And what we have learned through this polling if we want to assume it's accurate so far, that seven in 10 registered Democrats, or maybe it's eight in 10, which is like 80%, say that they're going to come out and vote for Hillary, even Mm -hmm. if they supported Bernie Sanders Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And then there comes the question of, well, don't we always say we need independence to win elections? Yeah, we do, but the conventional wisdom is sort of thrown out the window because of Donald Trump this year. So if Hillary instead pulls some people from from the middle, independents that were on the middle versus independents that were on the far left, and she pulls those moderate 
people and she pulls Republicans that are never Trump, then that's going to make up for any people that she might, you know, that like exactly. that like those are going to balance each other out. So I don't know. You know, on the other hand, there could be a legitimate argument made that you know, she really needed the progressives and that without them, she's not going to win. Um, you know, so those are those are the two viewpoints. I tend to side with the first one. I know many people that side with the second one. I'm not saying it's incorrect. I think they're two reasonable viewpoints. And of course, the thing with the emails, uh, which we're, we'll talk about in a minute, because I'm sure Chad wants to respond to what I just said, um, doesn't really help bring those people on board either. Um, but at the same time, a party is not like a party has its own rules. There's nothing that says that a party can't be in favor of one of the candidates that is voting, that they have to be neutral. I mean, when Barack Obama ran for president in 2008, there were 16 people running for that nomination, including Vermin Supreme. Did the DNC have to be neutral towards Vermin Supreme? I mean, that's a hard point because the thing is like, so 2,000 emails were leaked days before, actually hours before the DNC that shows that the DNC has never, was never playing fair. They definitely sided with Hillary Clinton and they took certain steps to make sure that she was winning. I mean, that is kind of like a big deal for me. I I, I mean, it's something that we always known, but to have it valid it to that degree and I can really see like burn your bus people who have already been saying this system is rigged I want no part of it now I can really see them saying this is why understandable we're still only beginning to understand this story certainly what's going on with Debbie Wasserman Schultz it does seem to be a little bit on the smelly side <laughs> and I don't want to have much to do with that uh, if the DNC was definitely pulling for uh, pulling to work against Bernie, then that is something that does need to be addressed. Does that mean that Bernie lost because of this? Maybe I can't say. Uh, Bernie, <laughs> didn't, Monty, Bernie like, yes. quite simply didn't get the votes, and uh, a lot of it had to do. Like I hate to keep coming back to this topic, a lot of people underestimated the strength of the gun violence prevention movement through a real pusher and mover and shaker in Hillary's campaign. The other thing is, what did Bernie do to the DNC as well? There's another side to this. There always is. He at least apologized for the breaches of uh, the breaches that he made for the DNC. But yes, coming back to it, the system does seem to be rigged in that regard and that does need to be addressed. I mean, I know that he voted against Debbie, um, what's, what's her name again? Wasserman De- Schultz. Yes, I know he voted against her in the primary, but like, did he ever do anything that was like a breach? I mean, it just seemed like they wanted Hillary to win because that was the surest way to beat Donald Trump. And I think that that's unfair to have that type of attitude going into it because we never know what Bernie Sanders was really, really capable of. And he just needed a fair well, shot. You know, I showed him a, a chat a tweet before while we were like during this first segment. And it was basically a tweet that said, Bernie in the beginning. Hey guys, this is a really, really long shot. I'm, I'm running 2% in the polls. It's a huge long shot. I'm probably not going to win, but I'm in it anyway. And then he loses. And then the next part of the tweet was like, it's rigged. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, but, like, Bernie knew it was a long shot from the beginning. I voted yeah. for Bernie. I don't have anything against... I love Bernie, okay? I think he what he did was great. He definitely moved the party to the left. His The platform of the party is far more liberal than it would have been if Bernie Absolutely. would not have been involved. Bernie had a, you know... A, it definitely had a large impact on the Democratic Party and was great for the party. And, you know, his I hope his movement continues. This is what upsets me so much about the email situation, which is, like I said, parties don't have to be neutral. Um, you know, they 
you can have lots of different candidates running, but when you only have two, you should be a lot more neutral than like right. when you have 16. No, that's and, for sure. and that's understandable, and I get it. And I think like this does play into the left's like whole idea of it being rigged. Yep. But at the end of the day, I don't know. My feeling is like he just he didn't get the votes. He did you know? not well, get like, the votes. Well, Donald Trump tweeted the only reason why Bernie Sanders lost, according according to analysis, is because of super delegates. That's the only reason. And if Donald Trump is saying it, then you know <laughs> not to believe it. I mean, this plays right into his hands, and that's it does. The, that is the thing that we really need to be aware of. The progressives that are shouting that I'm not going to vote for Hillary, then you're voting for Trump. No, I'm just going to stay home. Then you're voting for Trump. Well, then I'm going to vote third party. Well, then you're voting for Trump. There is no viable third party right not... now. There's Jill Stein's. What if by some miracle Jill Stein wins presidency? Now both parties are going to snub her. The obstruction's going to get worse. Nothing's going to get done. And not for nothing. Like I don't want to like get into. De- I like I like some of Jill Stein's policies, but she's also like an anti-vax, like oh god, homeopathic. Oh, nut don't too. even. Yeah, any so, vax are really. Yeah, let's not. Uh, like yeah, there's been some oh, literature about that. I didn't even you should, know about that. Uh, although now they're trying to now counter. I hate her. Now they're trying to counter <laughs> that um, by saying she was never really oh, anti-vax. Anti-vaxxers are dangerous. But uh, anyways, I don't want to get off topic. You know, speaking of Bernie and about Tim Kaine, because this segment is about Tim Kaine, Bernie is right now, while we are on the air, on the morning shows telling people that Tim Kaine is 100% better than Donald Trump on any given day of the week. In addition, and prepare to have your mind blown, the Wall Street Journal, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch, the same person who's now in charge of running Fox News, which was the one story we did not get to during the news roundup about how Rob Roger Ailes has now stepped down because of the sexual harassment Mm -hmm. allegations, but of course I've now found a way to work it into this segment. The Wall Street Journal is writing that Virginia's economy grew each year under Governor Tim Kaine despite the national downturn. The Wall Street Journal, which is literally an arm of Rupert Murdoch and partially an arm of, it's the more sane arm of the Republican Party compared to, say, the New York Post or, you know, the Drudge Report. But nonetheless, the Wall Street Journal is actually praising Tim Kaine right now. So that is showing you where the Wall Street Journal is lying. They apparently seem to be never Trump as well and speaks to my earlier theory that Hillary is trying to pull people from the exactly. right. Exactly. And it, it, it's what we were talking about earlier. Tim Kaine has very few political enemies and is generally highly regarded. I'll take boring. Well, well, well the, here, here's the thing. Tim Kaine, like Hillary Clinton, they're also not purists, right? They will not, they're not the type of people who will put, who will not concede or agree to something unless it's their way. And they take pride in that. They're like, we will compromise. But I think that also that shows. Then they're not helping. Well, well, I think, well, then when you have people like Bernie Sanders and you have people who are, are like extremely like stringent and like, I'm not going to compromise and I'm going to do this. I think that speaks to a larger demographic and especially millennials who just don't trust the system and they want people to hold out. They want they want to hear somebody say, like Donald Trump says, I am against the establishment. It's my way or no way. I'm going to build a wall like he says these radical ideas, but it's resonating across America because in some respect, it's like I'm 100 percent against the system and you don't have to worry about me feeding into special interest groups or doing backroom deals. I'm not a politician. But you know, here's the other thing about that though, about like people, the first part of what you said, like people like a candidate who's like not going to budge or not going to move. And that may be true because they're like, well, this person fits 
fits with my ideological perspective and they're willing to stand their ground. But you know what? At the same time, this is politics. And if you know anything about politics, nothing gets done without a compromise. And the reason why is because when the founders wrote the Constitution and they set mm-hmm. up our system of government, and what I'm talking about right now are the, the articles of the Constitution, yeah. not the amendments, okay? The Article 1, Article 2, Article 3 that lay out how our government is constituted, which is why it's called a constitution to begin with. That's where the word comes from. Um, The founders laid it out in a way where there would be checks and balances, right? And the checks and balances set up a situation where we would have us like people would have to work together republicans democrats whigs federalists right. people no, no matter who the parties are they've always had to since the inception of the country work together the founders wanted it that way because they didn't like extremes they didn't ever want to have a situation where you had one party passing policy extremes that were very very conservative and another party passing policy extremes that were very very liberal right. and in order to balance that out they purposely created this system where people would have to compromise so i do think in some some ways I understand like we don't want somebody who's going to compromise ideologically we want somebody to stand their ground but at the other hand like for me and this is my opinion and you can disagree with it like I want somebody that's going to stand their ground when they want something but I also want somebody who's going to be able to know when to hold them and when to fold them and when's a good yes. time to compromise yes. and when it's not a good time to compromise and that's why despite the fact that I voted for Bernie in the primary I'm not Bernie or bust and I easily could be because I live in New York a state that's going to go blue no matter what. But I'm still going to exercise my right to go out and to vote for Hillary because I think voting is important. And that is really where I wanted to come full circle with this, which is why are we doing this segment? Why have we been talking about the RNC? And why have we been talking about Tim Kaine today? And why are we talking about, why am I going to be talking about voting in the next segment? Why? Because voting is important. And that's what you should take away from all of this. You have to, if you want true change, you got to get out there and vote. Staying home, voting for somebody who's never going to get elected, that may make you feel good on principle and I'm not if that's what you want to do by all means I'm not going to talk you out of it but like that's not going to get us anywhere in getting progressive change so in my thoughts you have to listen to what Bernie's saying which is you know if if you really like Bernie you really cared about Bernie and you were really part of Bernie's movement then listen to Bernie right now because Bernie's guiding you in the right direction Chad if uh, final thoughts what would you tell like that Bernie or bus crew or, or people who live in swing states who are not excited about Tim Kaine and are, are sort of on the fence really quickly welcome to President Trump <laughs> We've seen this before. We saw this with Ralph Nader. I mean, he pulled the, the... Susan Sarandon endorsed Ralph Nader, and then she turned around and did the same thing with uh, with Sanders. Where did that get us? That got us eight years of Bush. This whole thing that, we're, oh, well, then if Trump gets in, then we'll have that revolution. That's what was supposed to happen with W, and it never did. Yeah, and three right. Supreme Court justices to boot Way too much. No, yeah. you, you guys are absolutely right. Unfortunately, we do have to bring this discussion to a close. But, you know, as Alyssa said, you know, voting is extremely important. It's something that someone died for just so that I could vote as a woman and as a woman of color. So I think that it's very important for us to exercise that right and to make sure that we're involved in politics. I mean, if you don't like the system or you don't like the players then we can go after the system. I get that, but it's still in place here, and I do think that the smart, logical thing to do is to make sure we use all of our power, our voices, and anything that we can to make sure Trump does not become president. That is, in my opinion, the apocalypse. Um, On that note, we are closing out, but don't go anywhere. Right after this, Alyssa will be coming back to the quickie on Let Your Voice Be Heard. 
It's back.